Hello everyone, welcome back to the Hawkins Do Coffee podcast. My name is Lauren. And my name is Emily, and in this podcast we talk about all things Stranger Things. So we had, yet again, another ask on Tumblr. We're just getting all the asks, that's all we're doing recently, we're just talking about Tumblr, and it's great, I love this journey for us. It is great, I love getting all these messages on Tumblr, but one of the messages that we got was about themes in Stranger Things and things that we think are misunderstood within Stranger Things because while Stranger Things is just a sci-fi you know we, we say it's you know it's a sci-fi show it is also like you know it does also have so many other things at its core and so many other themes mm. at its core that I think are really overlooked um so we've decided based on this one Tumblr question we're gonna make this a series <laughs> I mean, why why not? Why why absolutely not? I feel like that's really us to do yeah. that. Just be like, you know what? Let's make it a series. Can't make things easier for ourselves. Let's make it no. a whole podcast series. In fairness, we did do a little bit. We did answer it slightly as an ask, but then said we're going to talk more about it in a two-part podcast. And evidently, this is no longer a two-part podcast two part. and will be a little longer. It, it'll be fun. Yeah. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Maybe a little bit sad. You're going to get sad. You're going to... It's going to get deep. But you're going to be happy about it. About it. Exactly. Exactly. But before we get into that, you can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, at Hawkins Do Copy. You can find us on social media, on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, at Hawkins Podcast, and on Tumblr, at hawkinsdocopy.tumblr.com. And YouTube, at Hawkins Do Copy. All the places, all the social well medias. I definitely got that right the first time and we didn't need to redo it. That's absolutely fine. We had two weeks where we didn't do that. So it was a lot to remember after two weeks off. So well done. There we go. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Sorry that there wasn't a podcast last week. This was supposed to happen last week, but I spent like four consecutive days in medical facilities um, and had three lots of anaesthetic in in a 24-hour period so we called a no on it we, we thought maybe we maybe said not. no to last week but yes speaking of health one of the key themes that we think fits within stranger things is mental health so while the show ultimately is a sci-fi show about monsters from a different dimension that isn't what the show is it's it's not just this sci-fi fantasy show at the core of it there are some really quite human themes and and one of those themes is is mental health this is something that's actually been said right back from the show bible the we had a little look at it um while we were planning and within it it does actually say as well that though of course there is a supernatural side of things that at the real core of the show, it's about the human, like the, the human conditions instead that, or the human horror, or something, yeah, something along those lines. And then it lists things like abuse, divorce, violence. Oh, I can't read my writing. Um, what did I write? It looks like I'm for like commelts, <laughs> cruelty, cruelty. That's what it is, not commelts. <laughs> Substance abuse, depression, and death, and they're. They are core things that are mentioned within like the human side of things. And I think yeah. this is something that we have seen right back from, I mean, I think especially in season one, actually, 
that yeah. with Brenna and Elle and all of that, that arguably, yeah, the Demogorgon is our antagonist of the show. Is it really in season one? I don't think. I don't think it is. No. No. no, I think Brenna is is the, and I think the Duffers have always had this sort of focus on the human, the human evil and the human bad mm. guy. You know, they talk about Billy and talk about the 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 nature of of humans and how humans can also be evil and the effects that that can have on us. I mean, when you say about abuse and you know toxic relationships and stuff, we mm. see that with Brenna and Elle, but then we also see that with mm. Joyce and Lonnie. You know, Lonnie mm. is a manipulative, not yeah. very nice man. So. Mm. You know, and, and he sort of knows how to how to do that, and I think those things are just as horrible than a mm. weird demogorgon from the Upside Down. Yeah, like arguably you could say it'd be worse because really that obviously the demogorgon or that it's going to be hard to deal with, but there's nothing harder really than dealing with what's going on in your own mind and yeah. dealing with how that kind of thing affects you. The not to say that anyone can go out and grab a nailed bat and just whack a demogorgon around the head or that kind of thing, you know what I mean? But you can deal with that. I think especially, I mean, that changes a little bit. I think that's part of the reason why, anyway, season two has my, my favourite iteration of the mind flyer. Um, because you, we were actually talking about this the other day, that when we were talking about it versus the mind flayer, kind of like, what would you rather deal yeah. with? I think... The, the Mind Flayer, the way it especially deals with Will in season two, and we will talk about how mental health actually comes into this, because I think season two is quite interesting to look at from that perspective. But yeah, the Mind Flayer attacks so much on the mind, literally, yeah. um, and it deals with that kind of thing. And it's so much harder, so much harder to actually fight and deal with, because I think especially through season two, we have this whole thing about is... I'm jumping ahead a bit, but is Will kind of, is he dealing with things as opposed to that? And obviously the doctors, even though it might be a thing to kind of disguise the fact they know what's going on. Um, there's the whole kind of underlying thing of Will's just dealing with what's happened to him in the last year. And yeah. season two actually is a really, really cool <laughs> metaphor for how it can be affected. But I, I've jumped ahead. But that's just... But no, it is. I think there's so much of that within season two. And I think it is a really interesting because we also show sort of Elle when she's dealing with... Obviously, we know that Hopper is trying to keep her safe, but she's just associating my last, like, father figure kept me locked up for this. And now this one's doing the same thing. And, you know, her trauma and, and her grief comes out within anger. And she, she sort of takes it out that way. And as much as you think she's being just a teenager she's not you know that that sort of those actions are are because mm. of the trauma that she's had and making the you are like papa comparison yeah. is is something which is quite that quite sort of important to mm. think about um yeah but one of one of the main things in the show obviously you said death was written in the show bible but grief is a huge mm. part of this show and grief's Grief in all formats, I think, you know, mm. not just losing someone because they've died, but grief with with so many things. Um, and st the, it is, I'm going to say that again, when it comes to grief, 
it is widely thought that there are five to seven stages of grief. So the original model was five stages of grief. And this was um, the Kubler-Ross model, which was the 1960s, um, 1969. I think it was the, the late 1960s anyway. And this was the, the wider sort of known model, the five stages. And those five stages are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and then acceptance. Um, there was an updated model where they added two new stages um so there was number one was the your initial paralysis and the shock of finding out the news which obviously is the case for some but not always that that doesn't always apply i think like you know there are different stages of there are different types of grief as well um and some of it will be that initial shock but then other ones it it might not be you know it depends on the on on the nature of it in the original study that was done in 1969 it was on mm. over 200 patients which is quite a lot but mm. they were all it all came down to people that were terminally ill so yeah that shock doesn't it's not as much of a shock mm. as if someone was in like a car accident and it was unexpected you know it's it's a different type mm. of processing um yeah like i will fully say that i would say that i have personally Person kind of been through those stages so, so I won't go into details of what happened but it was like a few years ago and the first stage of it I would say for me or the first stage of the seven stage model yeah I really kind of felt that kind of like initial shock and the way I dealt with that I think I can actually I don't want to say that I can see how that model if we go for the seven stage one would be applied to some of the characters of the show yeah but I can kind of go, I recognise how I was in that moment to some of their reactions. Yeah. No, I, I'm completely the same. Like, every um, thing, every sort of aspect of death and grief that I've dealt with in my life as mm. well, none of it... It's weird to say expected, because yeah. it's never expected, but yeah, every instance that I had was so unexpected that mm. there was that initial shock yeah you know that there was that initial shock but you hear about people that look after terminally ill patients and then they say that there's a sense of relief because mm. they're not in pain anymore yeah and 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 there's a difference but no I completely get that and I can completely relate to that and see how the characters deal with that mm. as well um the other bit was they add in um at number six, seeking realistic solutions. So this really helps with discussing and to sort of understand and facilitate change when it comes to grief. Um, but aside from shock being the first one, um, the first stage in the original five stage model was denial, which helps to minimize the pain of the loss. Um, so, Grief and dealing with that is such an overwhelming pain. It's arguably one of the most overwhelming mm. feelings that a human is able to feel. Um, mm. And it's so overwhelming that our body actually wants to try and help us survive it. So mm. we go into that state of shock or denial to protect ourselves from that immediate onslaught of pain. Um, and I think this is something which is really obvious in the show with so many characters. Mm. Hopper 
is a key one in season one. Yeah. Um, and the line that sticks out to me is when he says about his daughter and he says she lives in the city with her mum. Yeah. So, yeah, we just, there's very much that denial of he's almost, he almost can't bring himself to say it. Yeah. The, and it's trying to make that narrative fit in his head like, yeah, okay, well, this is this is where she is it's that we, yeah. we don't need to talk about it we can't and it's that just immediate shutting down of yeah. any other questions and not letting anyone in i think the way he actually reacts through season one fits so much with that idea mm-hmm. as well and we can see that and when he then says that line as a searching for will aren't they they're in the forest searching for will right we can kind of really see all these actions then make sense up to that Point. I think one of the people as well that is not I think one of the things that is not really spoken about when it comes to the people that deal with grief um, and deal with that first stage of denial is actually Steve in season two who I think is a really mm. interesting one I think there's some really obvious characters but Steve's behavior in season two especially near the start of the season is very much I don't want to think about what I saw happen I don't want to think about this and he's still in that sort of really interesting like well we can't talk about Barb because we have to sign the thing so I'm not even gonna like try and acknowledge it and I think he is definitely put pushing everything away into a little box in his head um and I think Hopper is as well obviously like it's denial and having these stories of well I can't talk about it because I'm not allowed to or she lives in the city with her mum is is easier for them to say than she's dead yeah because I think doesn't Steve I might be misquoting this doesn't Steve have the moment like let's just be let's just be young and we'll just carry on and you know we'll go to these Halloween parties and we'll do that And I think Nancy tries to do that I think that's that it's interesting actually looking at their specific reactions. I think Nancy tries that for a while, but is able to almost move on quicker and get to that next stage of it. Whereas yeah. Steve, even when they're in the bathroom and she says all this, all these words to him, family friendly podcast, so we won't repeat what she says. Um, but he's still stuck in that thing of, okay, like focusing on the fact that he's been said that, okay, my girlfriend doesn't love me. He's focusing on that side of things rather than the fact that she's kind of there yeah. being like, I can't deal with the fact that my friend is dead and we're just acting like it's all normal. And this is the thing that I think is really important when it comes to grief. And the the thing is, is that no one can tell you how to grieve. And I've seen people talk about Steve's reaction to that and be like, why is he so focused on the fact that she doesn't love him when someone has died? And, and all of these things. And you think, because he is he is grieving too there is some grief in in him and I think things are so tricky because even though people think there are stages of grief and people do fit into those stages and and there, there definitely are stages because there are stages of processing everything people are in those stages at different times different but someone can experience the same event lose the same person in the same way but their stages of grief and how that grief affects them can be so completely different from each other Mm. that it's it's almost like it was an entirely different thing and I think that's what's really important is no one can tell you how to grieve 
and grief yeah. lets itself out in so many different outlets you know when mike is another is another key one when they find will's body in the quarry mm. immediately he's angry he's angry immediately yeah. yeah that's his first reaction yeah you have kind of like lucas and dustin who in that moment have kind of gone it's him that kind of thing yeah whereas you can see kind of mike have the moment he, it's almost like he still doesn't quite believe it but yeah he's also kind of I don't want to say jumped all the categories or jumped all the stages, but it's that kind of, you can see how he's kind of gone, I didn't, and now it's this, and now it's that, and now it's that, just yeah. to turn around and be like, you said he was fine, to then, yeah. you know, he's, he's yeah. very interesting to look at, I think, in that scene, actually. But then I think Mike as a character, actually, through season two, very much is in the way he talks. Mm-hmm. And, like, for example, that the whole time... The when he's talking to Elle over uh, the walkie-talkie, well, he, he's trying to. Um, he never actually talks about her really in the third of the past tense. Yeah. Until that very last moment when Max says she sounds like she was really great. He's like, yeah, she was. And that's almost and, like that acceptance. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So it's natural then when she comes back. And he just then go and fights Hop and yeah. almost can't deal with that act again. It's almost putting almost right back into it. Yeah. Well, like his reaction that she's in the car going off. When he's mm. acting out mm. and his mum and dad say about things, like they say, you know, it's, it's, you've been a hard year, but we've been patient. And you think, yeah, he is obviously doing things wrong, but because mm. he's grieving, you need to, yeah. you know, that, that's, that is him acting out in ways because he he is 12 and physically cannot cope with his own grief the first time I had my own experience of grief I was 11 and I didn't know what to do with that I didn't know Mm. how to process I I was so how can a person so small be made to deal Mm. with something like that and Mm. he watched her die yeah he had to watch her do that and then he has to yeah process that and he can't because he's 12 yeah and i think people don't i think a lot of people don't give mike enough credit for actually how much he's gone through and i mean i will be the first person to be like will has gone through a lot Elle has gone through a lot Mm -hmm. but i think actually if we look at mike as a character the i think actually finn spoke about this in an interview recently um that moment in season one where he jumps off the cliff the dustin yeah. And I think that's one that isn't spoken about that he he knows there was a part of him that knew he would have died. Let, let's be honest. Yeah. He didn't know Elle was there. He didn't know the, and then no. he just willingly jumps off that cliff if it means he's gonna save his friend. And I think if we think about all those moments, and actually if we analyze that moment, then the person that could save him saved him in that moment, and then she's gone. And yeah. it's like any, if anything else happens at this point, then he hasn't, not to diminish his character as someone that needs Elle, because I am very, I'm very against people who diminish Mike Wheeler's character as just being Elle's boyfriend. Do you know what I mean? That kind of thing. Because I think he's so much more than that. If we look at it from that kind of angle, he was saved from that, and then that's it, and she's gone. And arguably someone that he probably needs 
through that beginning bit yeah of course he's got his friends but like let's think like will's dealing with stuff at that point and isn't really telling anyone lucas and dustin are actually also dealing with it in their own way he kind of has no one because his yeah. parents aren't listening to him yeah. and i think i've just gone on a side track. i mean like mike wheeler appreciation at the moment and i feel like it's so good for me mike wheeler <laughs> defense squad that. yeah but do you know what i mean i think i don't know in conclusion too long didn't read um we need to give mike wheeler more credit than Agreed. he's being given agrees one it's interesting with with the way that he sort of is i hate using the word acting out i hate that that's a thing yeah um but like you know his behavior and stuff because the second stage of grief is considered to be anger um and yeah. this comes from the fact that you are trying to accept a new reality and you mm. don't want to accept that new reality that's absolutely not you know it's it's an emotional outlet and it's really sad that this is the case but it's actually more socially acceptable to be angry than to admit that you're scared about the new reality that you are in um Hmm. and anger can be a really really isolating feeling and a really sort of those extreme bursts of anger can can be really isolating um and i think that's why we see Elle get so angry in season two with Hopper because she's thinking about you know she's grieving this sort of Hmm. losing Mike because she's essentially lost him but not really and she knows that he's there Hmm. but she's being cooped up again and that's sort of where her anger's coming out it's obviously why Mike is acting really angry in season two like you just said like you know his behavior Hmm. no one's listening to him and Hmm. so acting out is getting him attention you know Hmm. like no one wants to listen to him talk about these things and talk about the fact that he is scared because he is so getting in trouble at school yeah will get him attention you've also got like the underlying thing as well that he actually probably isn't allowed to no <laughs> like obviously the government people came into the house and was like oh you've been keeping a russian spy in your basement or whatever but then he's not gonna talk about it. i mean lucas makes it clear with max as well it's like i'm not meant to be telling you this so yeah. you've got a whole group of people who probably are understandably trying to get used to this new reality but their new reality isn't actually allowing them to deal with the fact that this has happened and it's yeah it's really kind of it is really complicated to deal with and if i think about my own situation that i kind of got that kind of feeling as well that i felt like but it was more in myself actually that i felt like i couldn't talk about things because if i talk about things it would be accepting that's what happened and then at yeah. then at the same time, it was being angry at the fact that people weren't saying things and telling yeah. me things, but then I couldn't voice it. So I can kind of, I do yeah. get it, and I understand yeah. kind of what what is going on. We're just now just this is just like a therapy session for ourselves. This is our therapy session. This whole no, episode. but it is like I think. <laughs> yeah. I think you know I was really little. Um, well, like I said I was eleven, and when you're in a situation and the adults don't talk about things, you're like, well can I talk about the thing? And then, you know, if it's just a shock for you, then it's a shock for everyone else. And then it's, you know, sort of trying to, trying to process those things. And I think he's thinking he needs someone to notice that he's not great. So what can he do? Get in trouble at school. So someone might ask what's wrong, but his parents aren't asking what's wrong. They're just getting him in, they're just putting him in more trouble rather than trying to be like, are you okay? 
um, which is where sort of where that sort of comes from. I think Nancy's behaviour in season two is really important as well because, like you said about the the party scene, she's angry there, and and that anger mm. comes out, and she, it, it's a big sort of it's guilt because of what happened with Barb, and that's being expressed with anger as well. And you can tell sort of the way that she is behaving. That again, she wants someone to talk about it. She needs to talk about it, otherwise she's gonna explode. You know, and I think that's not Nancy and, and Steve in season two and their sort of explorations of grief is, is not really sort of spoken about a lot but I think they're two really important points when it comes to that no I definitely agree I think because I think also if we think about it they are also dealing with the fact that they were there when she died and they were off doing other things yes <laughs> when she died and I feel like they probably both come to realisation that actually that is what happened. And I think Nancy especially, like the last things I think Barb would have said to her was, this isn't you. Yeah. And I think that would have stuck with her. Yeah. Like completely. And so it's only natural then if we look through, especially the start of season two, when they're acting like that and she's kind of seeing her everywhere where she obviously isn't. Yeah. And then trying to make amends with the parents. But she can't talk about it because they think that she's fine, but she's not. <laughs> and it's, yeah. you know what I mean? It's hard. So the next stage is the bargaining stage. And this is where sort of the loss is so extreme and overwhelming um, that you kind of come to the same way you would do anything for that to, to go away. Um, sort of like praying promising making promises to, to some higher thing that you don't even know what you're asking for but this kind of I need to stop this pain and I think this is really prominent in the Hollands talking about Barb hmm. there is a lot of well Murray will do it we'll put our house on the market we'll do this we'll do this we'll do this and it's she's she's gonna be she's gonna be she's gonna be fine we're gonna find her we're gonna bring her home and again, I think it does get overlooked because obviously they're only in that one scene, really. Yeah. Um, but that is really important. Because I think like, the obvious one, looking at it, is Mike and the yeah. calling yeah. every day. But I think, yeah, I think it's interesting to look at the Hollands for that perspective because I think they are so convinced yeah. that everything is okay. Like, mm -hmm. they're so convinced. And the fact they're that they're having a, Yeah, they're having a normal family dinner they're having some KFC and they're not questioning the fact that Nancy and Steve are visiting or any of this it's just very much but it's okay because she's gonna she's gonna come back and yeah. everything is gonna be dealt with and it's all fine yeah it is and I think it's interesting to see the parents thing and I think the bargaining thing is quite an interesting one in parents in the show um I think mm. Hopper's drive to find Will is yeah. um, a really important one. And I was actually going to say this when with the denial stage, Hopper and him finding Will is really important. And he goes through so many stages of his own grief mm. in order to help find Will. I think the reason why he doesn't immediately jump to the thing is because he recognises the denial that, denial that Joyce has in that mm. Will's not dead in himself. Yeah. So he's like, well, I know that I've dealt with this, even if he can't properly let himself mm. consciously deal with that. Subconsciously, he's seen mm. 
Joyce's behaviour in himself. Yeah. So he's like, well, I know that he's dead because Sarah's dead. But then Mm. that drive to find Will is that kind of, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to have this. And then the the rules for Elle is kind of like, Mm. we're going to have these rules so that I can keep you safe because I couldn't do that before. And, And it is this kind of thing. And I think Joyce's attitude in season two, when she's like, don't walk or bike home because she's still dealing with, even though Will is okay, well, Mm. is he okay? But even though Will is alive, (laughs) she's still dealing with what she had to go through. And if she can make these sort of promises with Will, with don't walk or bike Mm. home, then he's safe. He's going to be safe. He's going to stay safe. And I think that's really interesting in that. Um, And I think the party in season one are also quite sort of like trying to, bargain mm. with things and, and be yeah. like well Will's here and, and what can we do and they don't want to process the fact that he could be dead you know No, I think arguably as well that obviously we know that Joyce is talking to Will through the lights you yeah. could argue that that whole thing of talking through the lights is very much better for that especially Jonathan's reaction yeah, yeah exactly Jonathan's reaction is coming from like it's just lights mum it's yeah. just this but she's just so set on the fact that she's had to obviously line her house with the lights yeah. just to hope that it's doing something because Will liked the light. But is, that is true, isn't it? Will liked the lights. So yeah. they've put it up everywhere. And because if that, they'll give her that contact to him because, of course, he likes the lights. So he'll come back and he'll talk to her. Yeah. And there we go. Yeah. All and, I and will I think... say, if Will is doing it completely. <laughs> The light show for Holly. Bit showy-offy. Don't feel like it is a bit showy-offy, but also really cute. Yeah. It is a bit cute. It is. It is a bit cute. It is. But unless it is the Demogorgon, because we know that we can have things walking through at that point. Which, in that case, not very cute at all. No, not cute. Very weird, a bit creepy. Don't do that, Demogorgon. Yeah, just a little bit. Anyway. The next... (laughs) Don't do that again. Just be aware, Demogorgon. Don't do that, please. Leave Holly Wheeler alone. Be Um, good. The (laughs) next... The next stage is depression, hmm. which is not nice. Um, but this is kind of like those first three stages are almost to try and protect yourself from the emotions yeah. that you're feeling. So once you've gone through them, the depression sort of those the first three start to come down a little bit and the depression hits hmm. and you're finally faced with what's happened. Yeah, because it's probably more like the realisation kind of thing that it's... Yeah. Yeah, it's that. And which, this doesn't this yeah. doesn't even have to be grief as in if someone's died. This can be grief no. of losing part of your life, losing a friend because you're not friends with them anymore, a breakup, you know, grief is not linear to death. Grief can be something else. And I think that's why it's important to think about Elle in season two, because she is grieving the life that was taken from her by Brenna. Yeah. Arguably, this it's a little bit of a reach, but we did say that arguably Will in season three. Yeah. You can look at his journey. Yeah. What kind of journey? Um, still better moving on. Um, through season three as kind of going through those stages again. Yeah. And like that moment where he I guess the moment he's destroying Castle Byers that that is kind of i mean it kind of also fits in acceptance at the same time his reaction there calling himself like stupid 
and all of that and as how he is then for the rest of the season like until the very last hits. moment yeah yeah like exactly all those th- feelings hit and he's letting yeah. it out in castle buyers and then he's kind of like yeah. and then it is kind of like acceptance which is the next stage but obviously we'll talk yeah. about that after we've gone into this but acceptance yeah. is the next stage and i think in the rest of the season he feels he doesn't really do much can't ca- not calmer but like oh this happened hmm. Yeah. Okay. But then you could also look at that though and say the way he reacts when Lucas turns around and says, We are sorry. And he's like, Well, we've got bigger things to run about now. That is still kind of he's shutting that down and yeah. that barriers back up again. It's not really until the what if you want to join another party, not possible moment where he hits that acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and I think hmm. yeah. I think that is really important. I think the depression side of things is obvious, I think, particularly in Mike and Hopper. Hopper's really interesting actually to look at as for a character. I think for each season, he is he's dealing with himself but at different points. Yeah. And it's I'm interested to see where he is where he is going with season four and because obviously it's been hinted as the we're going to see this was it another side of him or we're going yeah we're going more more into his character yeah yeah so i think it is going to be really interesting actually to analyze his character through this i guess through these stages once we get everything together especially if especially if there are five seasons and are we going to see him finally reach that acceptance, essentially, in that last one? Yeah. And there we go. But yeah, we obviously, we see in season one, like, he's isolated himself after Sarah, mm. <clears throat> like, left his wife. He's in a trailer, which is away from everyone. He's quite hostile. He's struggling mm. with addiction. Um, and we, we, we do see that. And I think we see a sim. I think Mike and Hopper are actually really similar. They're a bit too similar for their own good, I think. And I think oh, that's I why think they clash. So. Yeah. 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 Um, but obviously we see in season one, Will is at, uh, Mike is, this, we see that moment when they find Will's body where he cries to his mum. Then in season mm. two, we see the sort of what hits him when he finds out Elle is alive and the, his sort of depression that goes sort of through the season because he's mm. lost Elle and, and thinks that she's mm. dead. Um, and I think in season three, when the buyers leave, I think that's where all of his negative and like depressed depressive feelings hmm. hit him all at once and i think that last scene where he goes to karen i think hmm. that's where he's like okay i am not good and you just see this war go up i really hope that is gonna be the direction his character is going in with season four because yeah. not that i want a complete rehash of season two mike but I want something more for him. I really yeah. do. And I think even though we know him as a character for the last the last season especially, we knew him as the boyfriend. And yeah. I think we kind of lost who Mike Wheeler actually is a bit. And mm-hmm. that's not not to say there weren't elements of him within season three. And this is the criticism I will have of season three yeah. all the time that I think even with to an extent Lucas and Max, and even Elle. I will include Elle in this, that it was so, and I get why it was focused on relationships, because it is a part of growing up and t- 
teenage life, teenage youth, etc., etc. But yeah. there was so much focus on them. I think we knew them as who they are in a relationship rather than who they are as people. And I think if they go down this route with Mike in season four, where he is kind of, as you said, dealing with all of that and we're seeing more of his character and how he's coming through the other side of that, that's... I will be really happy with that. And that's why I'm so worried <laughs> that he's going to be just in wherever the buyers are living for the majority of the season. And I just, I don't, I don't know. I'm reluctant to want him to be with the buyers, to be honest. Yeah. As much as I love seeing friendships and him having a great time, I kind of, I want to see him with the party. I guess minus will, but with like the party and Hawking is just for a little bit, J- just for a little bit. Give me, give me. I don't know five episodes. <laughs> I can't believe that this this episode of the podcast that was like all about mental health has just gone into talking about what Mike Wheeler actually deserves, which is just peace. Um, he does. He deserves peace, he and he deserves he to does. be okay. He does. He really does. Um. So. The final stage, well, I mean, if you include number six, which is the sort of the seeking realistic solutions, um, mm-hmm. which is a thing, but but the, the original model is the final stage is acceptance. And yeah. this doesn't mean, and I think this is what's really important to remember, is that when, when you have accepted grief, when you have accepted mm-hmm. that you have lost something, whether that be because of a death, whether that be that a friendship mm-hmm. has ended, a relationship has ended, whether it's it, whatever you are grieving... Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that your pain is gone because yeah. I don't think pain from something like that ever goes. Mm. If you experience something yeah. like that, I think there is still a pain. I think you are changed by that. Yeah. That's that. But it is mm. more that you have sort of stopped the struggle to make your situation different. So yeah. you're no longer bargaining you're aware that this isn't going to change and you can kind of deal with that and I think that is seen in Hopper in season two when he says about Sarah to Elle and he's like yeah she was my girl she was my little girl and then then she's Mm -hmm. about being gone and he's able Mm -hmm. that's the first time we properly acknowledge like he has does mention a couple of times to Joyce like after Sarah and stuff like that but Mm -hmm. that's the first time we hear him you know, he's more open, he's playing with the hair tie. He gives that mm. hair tie to Elle, which is, I think, yeah. is a massive acceptance sign, is doing yeah. that. Um, we see um, Will, like you said, we spoke about briefly before, he is grieving sort of the loss of his childhood and, and these things mm. that have happened to him. But then at the end of season three, we do kind of see that acceptance. Mm. And I think we see it with Elle as well, like you've said before about the lighting on her is, is finally it's sort of brighter. Like she's mm. finally accepted all these things and mm. then she's getting sort of this new beginning. And it's not that she's thinking, okay, I'm going to forget about all these things that happened to me, but she's finally mm. thinking I can move forward with that. Um, mm. and arguably, I think moving away is part of Joyce's own acceptance as well. See, I'm mixed on that because I was literally just thinking that as you were saying it. Because to me, though, her moving away. Well, so Hopper raises it and says, So you're moving, right? 
that kind of thing. And she says, well, essentially that she has nothing to stay for. And then she has something to stay for when she goes and she says about the date with Hopper. Yeah. But then yeah. Hopper dies, I should say. And then she's like, okay, no, we're moving. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think I would argue Joyce moving is not in the acceptance thing because I think she's not that she's running away from her problems but I think she's kind of in a moment where she's thinking I just need to get out of here that's what I need there's too much going on in Hawkins if I go somewhere else things will be better which is arguably in that kind of not the higher power idea again yeah yeah it's arguably still stuck in that and yeah that's obviously I might be looking at but I think I can see how it could be acceptance for Joyce but for me personally I think it's more of a thing of she just needs to go because if she'd accepted it she would kind of because if you think about it she's taking Will away she's taking Elle away she's taking Jonathan away and kind of going we all need to go and even though I understand I mean to be honest I was Will I'd want out as well (laughs) and you know what I mean I think part of them probably did want to go but then I think for Joyce to make the decision and not to tell them that she's making that decision until who knows when because it was in July and she hadn't told them she was even considering it yet yeah that that I think there's something a little bit deeper going on there so I think it's gonna be really interesting actually and this is why I'm annoyed we don't know anything about what the buyers are doing in the set pictures we definitely haven't seen um we have not seen any set pictures but if we had seen set pictures we would be really angry that we hadn't seen anything to do with the buyers because we don't know where they are or what they're doing but we're not angry because we haven't seen any set pictures it's gonna be really interesting what they're up to because I think I know we've just said as well that Will's kind of accepted this I don't also feel like he has. I think he's accepted that his child has ended. But I think he's got a whole kind of other side of things that he still has to deal with. Because if you think about it, since 1983, he's been taken for a week. And then he was possessed. (laughs) And then he can then feel the thing that he was possessed by. But it's not in him. But somehow he can feel when it's around. He's got all that going on. I feel like at some point it's got to reach ahead. And if we do go with the analysis of hours in the light because i don't think that in the way things are going to be filmed and put into place that would not be accidental and i think it's kind of telling that she kind of has that light on her face whereas he is being driven away and is just in more of a shade of darkness and i think it's why i want to know what's going on with them all of the buyers think in general because i don't think are they who knows who knows i know people online just to sum this up i know people online have been saying certain areas but we don't want to address the certain area that people were saying because we don't know that that's that's all we're going to summarize on that Um, so we do know what people have said but we're not talking about it no um i genuinely would love to know people's thoughts on this and you you know you can the video version of this will be on youtube so head over there and head over to our other social medias as well um and i think it would just be really interesting to have a discussion about this and also if there's other areas that you want us to talk about other themes that you want us to talk about let us know because i think this actually has the potential to become quite a big discussion and and there are so many Mm. aspects of the show 
and there's so many things that impact the characters beyond just sci-fi monsters so mm. I think that's I think it'll be a really interesting discussion so come find us no I, I agree on the subject of finding us you can find us once again on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, at Hawkins Podcast, and you can just let us know your thoughts and follow us and interact with us, whatever, um, on our social media. So Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Hawkins Podcast, on Tumblr at hawkinsdoyoucoffee.tumblr.com, and on YouTube at Hawkins Do You Coffee. We would love to hear your thoughts and any more Tumblr questions or Twitter questions or anything because we, we love discussing and we've got a long hiatus ahead of us so let's get a bit meta <laughs> let's go but yes thank you guys for listening to this episode of the hawkins deep copy podcast and we will see you next time over and out Hawkish.